Hello everybody and welcome to the next episode of Confessions of a Letting Agent. We have a very special guest in today. This gentleman has a business in Darlington and he is responsible for the reason you see me all over social media, regularly in the Northern Echo and all over um, PR and general and general news clippings and it's Graeme Robb from Rednet Recognition PR. Welcome Graeme. Hello, good to be here. <laughs> How's, uh, how's business and things you're in at the moment? Well, it's very busy. Uh, we've been in business now 33 years. You know, LinkedIn, you have these announcements and people start congratulating you on your work anniversary. Well, my work anniversary is 33 years wow. uh, just this week. So, um, that is amazing. I started a PR business in Darlington 33 years ago. And my first client was KPMG, the accounting firm. Wow. Because 1988 was the year that the city was deregulated, big bang. And that meant that accountants and solicitors and other financial, uh, professional practice was also deregulated and they were allowed to advertise. Wow. And the, uh, the Darlington office of KPMG, and, and KPMG Pete Marwick was based in Darlington, right. was the first one to have PR and we did the PR. And I used to write the press releases on a typewriter and uh, get the photographs developed at the local chemist boots or wherever and send them in the post. How, how times have changed. Wow, wow. So, Graham, what I'd like to talk, to talk to you about today is basically, I know this is a property podcast, but I want to talk to you about business and the northeast at the moment because it feels absolutely on fire. We will touch on property, but um, how are we finding things at the moment? The place just seems alight. It certainly does, and podcasts can be heard all around the world. Now, I just want to say, if anyone is listening to this podcast <laughs> anywhere else in the world, northeast England is on fire fire. <laughs> um, there's this agenda of the government's called levelling up. Now, if you're in politics, there's a bit of debate whether levelling up is real or not. But Teesside in the northeast of England appears to be the area that the government is putting the most attention in. We've got a, a mayor, a Conservative mayor, and this covers Darlington, Redcar, uh, Middlesbrough, Stockton, Hartlepool. What a guy he is. Absolutely ben amazing. He's amazing, isn't he, he? He is absolutely the man. And... Um, He's been in power for a while, and uh, he's doing things... He's like a like a, a Heineken mayor. He reaches the parts of the mayors can't reach. He, uh, Future PM? I, well, I, wouldn't rule, I wouldn't rule out Ben Houchen being a national name in due course. Yeah. I think he's yeah. great. Anyway, um, as a result of him and Boris Johnson becoming Prime Minister, Boris has taken a particular interest in Teesside. Um, and the budget of this year this interest became made real because two separate things happened at either end of Tees Valley. Uh, the coastal end, the big development corporation, of which I'm privileged to serve on the board, yes. um, was made a free port, which will properly come into form at the end of the year and early next year. Yes. And that's the largest industrial development zone in the UK. Yep. And it's big industrial stuff that's being developed there. And the result of that, GE, General Electric, are constructing one of the largest factories by footprint in the UK. Wow. It's, uh, it's going to make the blades for the wind turbines for the offshore wind farm at Doggerbank and the North Sea. That's the largest offshore wind farm in the world. Wow. And it's uh, just due east of Redcar. So that's, that's happening at one part of Tees Valley. Yes. And then in the other part of Tees Valley, where, where we are we're located yes, in Darlington, in Darlington yeah. uh, to the west, amazingly... The Treasury decided that it was going to locate its economic campus with ministers here in our town. And they did this because of the levelling up agenda. And 
the levelling up agenda is supposed to reach parts of the economy that haven't been reached. So it's no good just saying we're going to invest in the northeast if you send the investment to a city like Newcastle Castle, yes. or in the northwest and send the investment to a city like Manchester uh-huh. or so on. So they've invested in a provincial town to bring the Treasury campus. And Darlington being so well-placed, of And course. Darlington, yeah, on the on the main railway line, on the motorway, and now Ben Houchen starting London flights to the airport. And so we're going to have this big economic campus of the Treasury, which has now been followed by an economic campus with the Department for Business and Energy, and then by the Department of International Trade yes. and the Office of National Statistics. Mm-hmm. So I, I, in business, I own a... The office in a small office park in Darlington, which has 12 office buildings. They're all very nice, modern, 3,000 square foot uh, yeah. to 5,000 square foot office buildings, you know, a bit of glass and chrome and all that. <laughs> um, and in February, out of the 12 office buildings, five were empty. Right. Uh, here we are recording this in September. They are all let. Really? And I own wow. my building, so I'm very happy. I bought that building. In 2013, for £240,000. Wow. I haven't had it valued, Yes, but I know what the buildings next door but one went for, and yes. it's considerably more than that. Mm-hmm. So I am a Very, happy man yeah. today. Well, it's funny you should say that, actually. Business Central in Darlington, they said exactly the same thing. Um, I was speaking to one lady's there. I think they had 60 or 70% occupancy at the start of the year. They are full with a waiting list at the moment. In our building here, downstairs, all full. All the properties are filling up. It's it really and it, is good. it seems to be that commercial property is following where you know best, of course, mm-hmm. residential property, mm-hmm. uh, and there is um, a, a good tailwind behind it. But the thing about Teesside and the northeast of England is that a lot of these investments are of a longer term nature. If you're going mm-hmm. to build a factory employing two thousand people making wind turbine blades, yes. you're not going to just do it for a six-month project. This is a 20-, 30-year project. Absolutely. So this is real fundamental change. Yes. A lot of the high-carbon industries, yeah. they you know, we lost the steelworks there, uh-huh. um, and we've sadly lost Cleveland Bridge, the big fabricator yeah, in, in Darlington. Yeah. Yeah. But some of these high-end, new, clean energy-based industries are starting to fill the gap in a tangible way. Absolutely. And um, as you say, the um, the place for in property uh, from our side of things is just just on fire. Last week, we rented our first property uh, to somebody that works at the Treasury, the first one. And it, when are these people coming, Graham? Is it in the next year? Well, they're two filtering years? through. Some are already coming on to site yeah. now. The first jobs have been advertised. Of course, Ben, the objective of something like the Treasury relocating isn't just that we bring civil servants from London to the northeast, welcome as they would be. Yeah. It is that we persuade people of talent and ability, particularly young yeah. people of talent <laughs> and ability, that they no longer need to leave the northeast, leave the northeast to yes. actually make a living. Yeah. I've got two brilliant daughters one is a doctor and one got an oxford degree in economics sadly the oxford degree in economics daughter has left the the country actually she works in washington dc right thankfully my other daughter has stayed in a local hospital as a pediatrician yeah now that's a 50 percent success rate in my little family yes unfortunately some of these talented kids uh in years gone by quite often migrated Mm -hmm. so it is a success to bring people to the northeast, but it would be an even greater success to keep our talent here. Absolutely, and obviously, um, it's not just 
the Treasury and the government departments that are obviously moving here. But I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day, and you might know this gentleman, he's a, he's a commercial property expert, Tim Catterall. And Tim was saying to me, it's not just the government departments here, it's the companies that will follow afterwards. And it's funny you should have mentioned KPMG. Tim had mentioned that uh, a lot of the big accountancy firms will be looking for sites up here on the back of the Treasury. Absolutely right. One of my clients now is Deloitte, one of KPMG's competitors. And they are actively uh, in Teesside really? looking for work wow. to support the advancement of Teesside business. And they have said to our mayor that when the time is right, they're going to put feet, their feet down and, and find somewhere. Uh, a square one law, which is a large commercial lawyer based in Newcastle, also yeah. has a location in uh, Leeds. They have just opened an office here in Darlington. Wow, absolutely amazing. So, you know, if you're, if you're a, I know this is a property podcast, but, you know, if you're listening to this, you're in business, you're in property, and, and you're in the area, or you might be out of the area, this northeast place now, Teesside, Darlington, is very, doing very good. And if you're thinking of investing um, in property or or in the area, this this is the place, and, and I'm happy to speak to you about that. So, um, Graham, can I talk a little bit about property to That's you? Because this yeah. is a property podcast, after all, and I know you have touched in different places in property, but um, when we first spoke, and you became an accidental landlord a couple of years ago, didn't you? Yeah, I did, and I've got, I've got two reasons I became an accidental landlord, both very similar. I'll tell you about the second one later, but <laughs> my father passed away, and... and Obviously, his house was empty as a result. My brother and I went to have a look around. Um, it was as we thought. We'd been have seen and seen the family there regularly, but it, it wasn't in a good state of repair. And uh, would it be rented out? Would it be sold? Well, the market, when he passed away, was not good for selling. Yes. Um, right. We turned to you then. We know you, and you gave us an assessment of what needed doing. It was like a living living in an episode of Homes Under the Hammer. <laughs> and we brought a contractor in and put a new kitchen in and put a new central heating system in, a couple of new double-glazed windows, a bit of liquor paint, some new carpets, um, handed it over to you. And within almost a nanosecond, the great Ben Quintrell and my <laughs> property box had found us a, a tenant, a good tenant as well, a yeah, doctor at a local hospital and their family. And you got a good price. And I'm worrying. I'm landlord. I don't want to. What about if they complain about the, the <laughs> curtains? What about if the central heating breaks? What about if there's a leak? What about if the, 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 the fence needs repairing? I don't want all that rubbish. Yes. Uh, I was very worried about being an accidental landlord. and But there was no hassle. No hassle at all. Good. Uh, and Good. it hadn't been for a family discussion about one member of the family requiring a lump sum of money for other reasons. I think we would have remained a landlord to this day. Right. Wow. Um, but yeah. eventually, it did get sold as the property market ticked up, and uh, the uh, uh, and the, the family decided between us that we would sell the property. But what service? And it just made me realise that if you're going to pick a landlord, you need to pick a landlord who's going to take the hassle away, particularly, uh, not a land, if An you're agent. going to pick a land, a letting agent, yes. if you are a landlord by accident and not yes. by design, yes. don't try and do it yourself. Absolutely. They just send you scatty. Absolutely. Get a decent letting agent. You know, that is a great, great, uh, thank you for that, Graham. Yeah, that's a great, great example. Yeah, accidental landlords, and, and they do come, at it, it's a large um, part of our portfolio, accidental landlords, and um, they don't want the hassle. They want just that easy. They don't want any any trouble moving along. And no, that's a, that's a great. Um, I, pre I really appreciate you saying that. 
So um, also, Graham, I just want to touch on uh, your good lady, your wife, is, is doing a little bit of service accommodation, holiday let. Yes, my wife has got a little bit of a knack for this. Uh, she's got a great stylistic eye and uh, she's bought uh, two country cottages in, right. and they're not in the Yorkshire Dales, but um, in the County Durham, Weirdale. Right. And um, near... And also near 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 Stainedrop, near Raby Castle, yeah. two quaint little cottages, and one of them in particular, which was very cheap to buy, she bought about three years ago for less than a hundred thousand pounds. She's done it up nicely, and uh, she's put it on one of these websites, cottage websites, yes. to rent. Yeah, and um, of course. She couldn't have picked a better kind of business to be in in wow. the year 2021, <laughs> as everyone's had staycations. Absolutely. And she couldn't have picked a, a better use of her money in terms of seeing the property values increase as well. Yes. Um, and I've I got to admit, though, she does do the cleaning herself, and I regularly get uh, feedback after the, uh, t- the guests have left about which guests have left it in a... A good state of repair. Which guests have let their dog pee, and which right. haven't? And uh, she's even bought one of these little torches, the kind you see in CSI, where you shine it, and it has ultraviolet filters, and you can see where the dogs have peed, so she can wow. clean in the right, right. places. Okay, okay. Uh, so it, it, she does it. She takes a great deal of pride for it, and uh, she loves getting the reviews at the end of, course, of the, at yeah, the end of yeah, the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has proved to be a solid little business, actually. Yeah. At the moment, the uh, the whole, you, you may not know this, Jim, but I actually have I have a service accommodation business. I call it service accommodation, not holiday lets, because it's, it's two slightly different things, although similar. So, you're I would say in that area, you're almost a holiday let agent, or sorry, a holiday let landlord, or your service accommodation. And, and what we do is in Darlington is we let out to professional contractors, so it's a slightly different yes. market. So when we um, we do them to a lovely standard properties, and it's the same, it's the same ethos. It's, the, it's how it works exactly the same, but. We might have three or four contracted builders. We recently had some uh, client of ours was building a wind farm in North Allerton and they needed properties for three months. They had 30 staff coming over um, and we catered for them. So, yeah, but if, you, if you're listening to this and, and you're interested in holder lets or service accommodation, drop me an email address and I can, I can, I can tell you all about that as well and, um, and how you can systemize it as well. Because what we do is, Graham, actually... Um, we have a, a special app, and our cleaning lady has access to the app, so she can see the check-ins, check-outs. Brilliant. So actually, we don't have to tell her now. So it all, it's all just systemised, and it kind of sometimes runs itself, which is which is quite good. Well, that that really is something to to take on. I mean, that is it's sort of Airbnb plus it that, is. isn't it? It really? is. And that I know we keep talking about the property market's on fire. Every area is on fire. And the whole Delette business, like you've just said, and the service accommodation is is really busy really flying because of all development going on in Darlington all these companies building houses you know um, need places need places to stay while while they're building things so it it is very busy Um, so finally um, I'd like to ask you a funny story you've um, you've you've found in property I know you mentioned there that your your wife had found the dog weeing in a dog weeing in the service or or something related to business. We always try and keep this a little bit of tongue and cheek and not well, too serious. Uh, it's a, it's a sort of a little little bit of a not necessarily funny, but it was my first introduction to being an accidental landlord, and and the thing that caused me to come to you to the second time right. was very sad. My wife uh, at the time for thirty years passed away, and we had a a, a second home and we still own it, in the Yorkshire Dales, a very pretty cottage in the Yorkshire Dales. And I didn't particularly want to visit there because it was a bit emotional uh, after she'd passed away. Nevertheless, uh, I did find a lady approach me um, who was a very much a, 
an old-fashioned lady in North Yorkshire who lived a frugal lifestyle, and right. she wanted to rent the house over that winter, September to March. Okay. And so she asked me, could I rent your house? I'm very sad that your wife has passed away, etc. So I agreed to rent it to her for a peppercorn rent. Now, obviously, if I had been to my property walks, I wouldn't have done <laughs> such a thing. Uh, but I agreed to rent her this house for £180 or something a month. It was a really, really wow. peppercorn. But I felt sorry for her. She, okay. she was out of a home, and she was not right. very well off. Right. And she moved in, and uh, she looked after the house beautifully. Um, but she lives a very old-fashioned lifestyle, uh, by which I mean no television, no telephone, no internet. She makes her own clothes, wow. and and she she makes her own food using uh, using you know the fruits of the land. Wow. Okay. Uh, and and lives a very frugal lifestyle, a very old-fashioned Dale's lifestyle. In fact. In the village, uh, she was called Jenny, and she used to make her own textiles. She didn't just make her own clothes. She actually wove the wool from the sheep in the dales to make wow. the textiles. So everyone in the village called her Spinning Jenny, because there was a spinning wheel in okay. the window. Right. Anyway, uh, I, I, the only agreement was that she paid for the electricity, and because um, <laughs> the cottage didn't me. have gas or oil or anything, so it was electricity. So at the end of the term... Uh, I said, well, let's read the meter. I read the meter, and over the whole of the winter, under £100 of electricity had been used. I couldn't believe oh, it. My goodness, I thought there was wow. a problem with the meter. So I went to see her, and no, there was no problem with the meter. <laughs> uh, she had lived in the one room with the coal fire, uh, collecting sticks. She had um, covered all of my furniture with sheets and not used my any furniture. television or anything. No television. Nothing. No, she'd used one ring of the electric cooker to <laughs> to, to cook on, and uh, and and she'd slept in the back bedroom where there was a single bed with her dog and my the rest of the furniture wasn't used. And when she left, the cottage was in immaculate condition, and it's as if she'd never been. She was a great custodian. But I'd never come across anyone who could live like that right. uh, so cost-effectively. And it, it really, it was like going back in time. Uh, so not quite a funny story, but, but certainly uh, yeah. an insightful one about the way people can live if they choose to. But, of course, <laughs> if, uh, if I thought about it from a commercial point of view, uh, then I might have rented it out at a commercial rent. <laughs> <laughs> Graeme Roy, thank you for your time today. Graeme of Recognition P, I really appreciate that. Thank you for coming in. Good to see you.